RMIT University and Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woiwurrung and Bunurung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands this series is recorded and produced. We respectfully acknowledge their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which our partner organisations stand. Hello, I'm Rebecca from Sin Media. Welcome to the Shaping the Future podcast. RMIT Next is RMIT's worldwide co-creation campaign to shape the university's future-focused plan to 2025. Since the start of 2020, RMIT Next has encouraged a range of lively conversations across our global community, exploring our perspectives, goals, values and ambitions for the themes important to our future, including diversity and inclusion, research, our physical footprint and more. It's these conversations that will shape what our five-year strategy looks like, and we'll share just a few of the exciting inputs and ideas. In today's episode, we take a closer look at diversity, inclusion and access, and what this means to the RMIT community across all aspects of the university. Today, our first guest is Vin, an RMIT graduate from Vietnam who studied professional communication, specialising in public relations. In 2007, whilst he was in high school, Vin attended a performance at RMIT, and from that day, he said he wanted to be a part of the university. Later, Vin was the first recipient of the Disadvantaged Scholarship, which has been renamed the Live the Dream Scholarship, for students who face disadvantages and difficulties. Vin, who is blind, talks us through his experiences of being visually impaired and navigating study. Let's now meet Vin. So I must say, first and foremost, that RMIT have done a really, really good job in supporting me to have a more equal um, education environment. So the support was was really, really good. But in terms of uh, things informally, sometimes it can feel a little bit isolated. Sometimes I did feel a little bit isolated from the community that I'm, I'm a part of. If there's anything I would like to see, but I didn't um, during the time at RMIT, was that um, maybe there's some sort of uh, supporting group or club um, with a little bit more guidance from someone who really know about it, uh, maybe a counsellor or something like that to, to give us or to give that club or that group some sort of guidance how to operate, um, to sort of help other people um, to to uh, integrate a little bit more, a little bit better into the community of RMIT. Vin says RMIT can continue being a positive force for inclusion by advocating for all diverse students. When I was recently in contact with Vin, he told us he hopes to pursue his studies further in the field of teaching, specifically special education, to earn more experience and prepare better for the transformation in the education field. Vin would like to see the work of disabled people championed and celebrated everywhere. Now let's hear more from Vin. The very first instinct reaction for for other people when they hear 
of people with differences like us is to doubt the abilities. Even in the word itself, disability, it reminds people more of the, the disableness rather than the ableness. So I, I think what we could do is to um, have some occasions or some forum where we can um, showcase what the people of difference can do. So it, it, it is very important to let other people know what we can do. Let's now hear from Abby and hear her thoughts on the future of diversity and inclusion at RMIT. Abby has been involved with RMIT for several years and shares her lived experiences as a culturally and linguistically diverse person through her studies and involvement in working committees relating to diversity and inclusion. So my name is Abby Elmobayed. I'm a current RMIT student. Um, I have done both my bachelor and master at RMIT. My bachelor was in international relations uh, and my master was um, a master of translating and interpreting. Uh, so Arabic my, is my first language and English is the second one. And so I went back to university as I'm working full time as well. Um, and I've been doing that for the past four and a half, five years. Uh, I studied and I'm currently studying a Juris Doctor co-currently with the Master of Social Work. Um, I also work as a migration agent for Spectrum Migrant Resource Center. Um, and I'm also the chairperson for the Diversity and Inclusion Committee. Um, I also participate with RMIT as a student representative for the Diversity and Inclusion Committee uh, within the RMIT. Okay, so from my experience, it would have been so much better if I kind of, if I had a mentor at university that was um, kind of helping me throughout the whole journey and telling me, uh, you know, this is what you need to be looking out for. This is how it's going to look like in the workplace. Um, this is how much money you're going to be getting. And these are the amount of hours that you're going to be having to work in that particular field. Um, uh, yeah, so a lot of mentorship is needed. Absolutely. And I know that there's a lot of programs that RMIT does currently to do with mentorship, but I just wish that we kind of had it at that time because at that time it was like back in 2012. So really long time ago. Um, so yeah, I wish I kind of had that. We had fantastic teachers, fantastic lecturers. You know, when you have a class that's with a hundred people, it's very hard to focus on a particular couple of them um, and give them that advice that they need. As a student at RMIT, I was one of those people that wore a hijab and I just recently took it off. So being from a culturally and linguistically diverse background, um, I had, you know, a different language, different culture, different religion, different everything, and I looked visibly different. And so that was um, an interesting experience. RMIT was fantastic at um, the whole diversity uh, at, at RMIT University is just phenomenal. We're in the heart of the city. We have people from different backgrounds, but sometimes you may feel a little I don't know if isolated is the right word. Yeah, sometimes you do may feel a little extra different because you may not feel like you fit in. And the only way to fix that is to be more diverse, is to have, is to allow us to see that our lecturers could represent the cohort of people that are in the class. So um, if the lecturers are, all from a particular background, it's very hard to feel like you can accomplish 
and you can get to a, a, a place where you will succeed in life. Um, I know it's a one, it's a very one-sided look at it and that success is so much bigger than just looking at your lecturer, but this is the very start, you know, this is the environment that you go to. Um, so yeah, it's one, it's yeah, the lecturer thing and also the mentorship. Now and in the future, cultural sensitivity in study and work environments is essential. Therefore, it is imperative that RMIT plays its role in developing and implementing training to continue to be inclusive and accessible for all. Abby expands on the concept of mentorship and leadership and its importance for the culturally and linguistically diverse community at RMIT. Abby would like to see that in the future, positions of leadership continue to reflect the diversity of RMIT. The other thing I was going to talk about is we have a lot of services that are to do with um, legal support, which is fantastic. Legal support is amazing and counselling support is amazing. There's a lot of counselling and legal support that is very, very, very useful. But sometimes because of cultural differences, they may not understand what this person is talking about or how to tackle the issue. So again, it's the whole thing about having people that represent the person that's that they're talking to. My biggest thing is going back to leadership. It's always, it's always the most important thing because we as leaders, we reflect and, and, and we reflect on the people that we're dealing with. So if that's not nice and clear that we're, we're inclusive of how different you are, then no matter how much work you do, it's not going to sink in. We have to have leaders that represent us. I mean, there's so much that Armati already does. For example, we have a particular uh, building for faith, you know, just like to go there and pray and, and you know, do your thing. Uh, and it's for all faiths. It's not just for one. And that's what I love about it. It's very, very inclusive in that way. We need to just be more harmonious with one another. Um, and when I say that as a student at RMIT, it's not, it's not the places, it's not just the places that we go to and the posters and all that stuff. It's the actual people that we're dealing with. It's the university lecturers, it's the tutors, it's you know the people in, in higher positions. There has to be like some sort of cultural competency training that tells them it's very important to respect people from different backgrounds, as bluntly as that. You're listening to Shaping the Future podcast. We're now going to meet Patty, who is a member of Sin Media's student-run volunteer community. They are also the executive producer of Loud and Queer, a radio program which is produced and presented by queer-identifying youth and allies of the LGBTQIA community. Patty is currently a student at RMIT Melbourne CBD campus studying youth work and would like other students to know about the many support services available and encourages RMIT to consider expanding their reach via promotion and communication. Let's hear from Patty now. I think a way that RMIT could eliminate discrimination and break down barriers is maybe like do more awareness and that could look many different ways. That could be doing social media posts about information about certain topics about certain issues maybe like trying to raise some more like maybe doing some activities that could raise like funds for certain charities 
maybe it could be holding like certain like seminars or workshops where people could come in and teach these people about what is discrimination and like how to tackle discrimination how RMIT can build more inclusive and accessible communities both within and outside the university I think it's really important that they focus on this and do some work within this and that also as a queer person also someone living with disability you know like I was wanting to go and find those services and those support services and looking through their website because that was like the main point where I could look for stuff without having to go into the campus um it was kind of hard trying to find everything and like you found like one little link and it took you somewhere else and you had to like read through that and find something else and it was kind of a bit of a difficult thing to navigate but I feel like that's one thing maybe the uni could really focus on like maybe give training and education to like to their teachers and staff as well and like normalize the use of like people saying their pronouns in new settings and meetings and just like maybe like normalizing that within the uni community and on their campuses both online and offline. Introducing Carol. Carol is the manager of the Equitable Learning Service the ELS, at RMIT's campus in Vietnam. She tells us a bit about her job and how the RMIT ELS are making an impact around the country when it comes to challenging stereotypes and misconceptions about people with disabilities. Um, my name is Carol, uh, Carol Whitney. I'm the uh, manager for Equitable Learning Services at RMIT Vietnam. Um, I'm based at Saigon South Campus. Uh, which is Ho Chi Minh City. Um, and I'm also responsible for the services in Hanoi uh, and Da Nang as well. Um, so Equitable Learning Services is part of Wellbeing Services here. Uh, in our service, there's Equitable Learning Services, there's Counseling Service, there is um, an international medical clinic um, that Wellbeing is responsible for. We also have Safer Community, uh, on campus and we have a new service which Melbourne don't have and this is called the Academic Wellbeing Integration Advisors um, and they really um, they really work towards ensuring a more holistic perspective around um, well-being um, at the university primarily for students but we also do extend this out to staff as well. The Equitable Learning Service has sought not just to improve access and inclusion within RMIT, but to break down specific barriers that exist across society around the world. So in, in order to empower our students, we've also um, done a few community-based projects where some students have come out with us and we've done training for the community in uh, accessibility and inclusion. Um, so the community has a better understanding. Uh, so for example, we've worked with the British Council, we've worked with a couple of other universities and helped them to set up a similar service to start to um, discuss the ideas around accessibility and inclusion. As a result, there's now uh, students across the universities that have like working group meetings which is great. So they're communicating with each other and, and they're pushing, they're pushing the boundaries in that way. They're saying, look what RMIT has. 
why don't we have that as a modern university and so in, in the national universities that seems to be a talking point now as well so for us that's great it's not just about our MIT and what we do here it's about helping others to become empowered and start those conversations as well. You're listening to Shaping the Future podcast. Carol introduces us to the concept of universal design principles for learning, which is a widely adopted strategy that looks at how learning can be made more accessible and engaging for all learners. Um, I think that we really need to be um, well-versed in the principles of universal design for learning. And that needs to be um, at the forefront of everything that we do. Um, So for us, what would be ideal is if we had the um, educational designers and the students sitting down together to discuss what everybody's needs are. Um, You know, from our perspective, uh, everybody has different ways of taking on information and it might not stay the same throughout your life. It certainly hasn't for me. So for us, it's it's about being mindful of everybody and including everybody in that process. Um, if you if you talk to ELS registered students, they're going to tell you the same things as non-registered students. Give us different opportunities. Don't be so narrow-minded. <laughs> be more creative, you know. Our final guest is Tu, a graduate from RMIT Vietnam. Tu takes us through his time at RMIT as a student with vision impairment. Although he received support from the university, Tu found that when he was looking for work after graduation, the attitudes were very different in society, and the stereotypical beliefs he was confronted with remained a challenge. Tu would like to see more opportunities in the alumni community to gather and network, especially for members of the alumnus with a disability. Let's hear from Tu. My name is Tu. I'm living in Ho Chi Minh City. I study business information systems at RMIT. Well, that's have, that perception has been, I mean, rooted for so long. People look at, even until now, people look at me and they wouldn't believe that I'm working at a company. But I think RMIT has a good start because if RMIT could let all of their partner companies be aware of potential candidates with disability, it would send out a message like, these people have great courage and perseverance because they have studied at RMIT for a few years now and studying at RMIT is not easy. So these company might think, okay, these people will be good, at least better than the average, and they might place more time and effort in assessing these candidates. From RMIT's perspective, I think they have done quite well in terms of trying to eliminate discrimination within the university. And also they give training to all of their staff but I think it's still there. So there are a lot of students, not staff, but students, they wouldn't consider me as equal because they, they don't think that I could like achieve high marks for the courses that I was studying. 
So some groups deny my participation, to be honest. But students who have just graduated from high school, many of them have not really been out to meet new people yet. So they might still have some stereotypes that they believe. So what I find is a lot of people, a lot of employers, they are willing to, for example, hire someone with disability, but they were not able to do so because they were not aware of how to support them or how to find those candidates. So I think connecting them with RMIT where they already have some higher number of students having disabilities might be a good start for them to, to like start learning how to support them in a workplace. Vin, who we heard from earlier, also agrees with Chu and would like to see RMIT work to assist employers in Vietnam to be supported to hire graduates with disabilities, particularly candidates who are vision impaired or blind. I, I once heard that one comment from my friend that saying that RMIT is rather exclusive um, in what they do. He means that RMIT has been doing so good um, what they have been doing for for their students, for you know their stakeholders. But in terms of doing something for the society, it's it's not very clear to other people. You know, me, I was studying at RMIT. I see, you know, I really really pre- appreciate what RMIT has been doing uh, for someone who doesn't have a direct engagement with RMIT and that, you know, what RMIT is doing to the society is not very clear to them. I I hope to say that RMIT would do something or cooperate with other centre to do something for a more general people in society, um, people maybe with um, difficulties or or, or disabilities in the society, not, not exclusively to, to the, the students of, of RMIT. It is by that way, we could really strongly influence the public's awareness about you know, what we can do uh, as, as the people with differences, what we can do. It is also an example to prove to potential career network of RMIT, you know, the network of um, industry, you know, RMIT's different students, RMIT students, disabilities, what they can do, how they can, can contribute to the the employers in their their very own way. So yeah, that that's what I hope to say. You're listening to Shaping the Future podcast. In this episode, we're exploring access, diversity, and inclusion. We return now to hear from two in Vietnam. So just a bit of my experience. So we've been talking about how MIT could improve, improve diversity and inclusion for current students, for staff, and inside and outside. But I have not seen anything touched for alumni. I one of the, I'm officially in the alumni community, but I'm not really seeing much communication or interaction 
between RMIT and the alumni community. They send out a newsletter every month, pretty much everything they do. On their Facebook website, they only announce some of the events that alumni are able to join. And that's all. I'm, I'm looking for like if they could hold regular events, sharing events, or just simply for alumni to interact with students. That would be much greater especially for those alumni who were coming from disadvantaged backgrounds with disabilities, LGBT, at least the student can say that, okay, these people, they graduated from RMIT, they're still working normally, they have difficulties, but they had experience overcoming those. So there's pretty much normal there's nothing really special about them i really want to send out that message to new students so that they wouldn't feel like coming to rmit is a shock or coming to rmit is a something overseas it's still in vietnam and it's still very vietnamese it's still in vietnam and it's still very vietnamese i want rmit not just focus on making the campus diverse and inclusive, but also try to send a message to all of their staff and students. Because from my experience, a lot of people, when they step into RMIT campus, it, make, it makes them feel like they're working or studying overseas. But once they step out of the campus, all the attitude come back. So they return to Vietnam and what they have associated Mm, Vietnam with is not really positive. So I want RMIT to do something that help their staff and students feel like what they're seeing inside the campus is also very normal outside. And before we wrap up, a final word from Carol, who encourages students to speak up and have their say if they feel there is anything RMIT can do to enhance their learning experience or to cater to their accessibility needs. A big conversation within the schools and, and, you know, help people to understand what their proper roles are. Student groups and, and hearing their voices, absolutely. I think for the last five years, we've heard enough from the experts in particular areas and the academic working groups and you know uh, the professional staff working groups i think we've got that covered i've got the plans up on the wall here so everybody sees them when they come in the office and we talk about them constantly and our values it's time for the students to step up and say hey i'm the customer <laughs> this is what i need let's have a let's talk about this and be supported by staff in that, you know, RMIT has these values and we don't discriminate. And, you know, if you're having an issue uh, with your mental health or a disability, or you're being bullied or you've witnessed violence or any of those kind of things, please come in. So we really wanted to say to the community, here we are, we can support you at the university. So please come and talk to us and let us show you, we've started small, but let us show you what we can do right now and what we're looking towards doing. Thanks for listening to Shaping the Future podcast. RMIT continues to be a catalyst for change in this conversation towards attitudes within the university and around the world. Thank you to all our guests for speaking to us for this episode. Don't forget this conversation is ongoing 
and all of your thoughts will contribute to RMIT's strategic plan over the next five years. This is your chance to change the future of RMIT for the better and help create your ideal university. Want in? Head to next.rmit now and have your say. The future is what we make of it, so tell us what should we make of it. The music you heard is by Rex Banner. This series was edited and produced by Rebecca MacArthur from Sin Media in collaboration with RMIT Next. For more episodes and Sin content, head to syn.org.au.